Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 489. Today is Sunday, October 4th, 2020, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hammy and Curtis, and folks, please help out the show by telling your friends, sharing links, and writing reviews. If you do, the Braves will make it to the NLCS, and those games will get a sexy 4 p.m. Hey, whoa, I'm usually in bed by then. Whoa. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, folks, in tonight's show, it is time for the NLDS, the bubble in Houston and the Miami Marlins. But first, a quick break. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So with a 5-1 to victory in Game 1 and a 2-0 shutout in Game 2, the upstart Marlins took care of the Chicago Cubs with two really strong starts from Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez. And here we are, guys. The matchup that most of us wanted. I don't know, did we all want this? I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I all the other options being considered, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, a best of five against the Marlins for a chance to go to the NLCS. So, before we start breaking down the Marlins team, let's look at some of the head-to-head matchup numbers from this season. So, the Braves, as we probably all know, finished the season 35-25. and 25. The Marlins finished the season four games back of the Braves in the East with a 31-29 and 29 record. The Braves played the Marlins ten times, won six of those ten games, And in those 10 games, the Braves scored 68 runs to the Marlins 44. Now, of course, 29 of those 68 runs we know came in one game. Uh, The Braves hit 17 homers to the Marlins 10. As we know, 14 of those homers came in that. That's not that's not actually. Is Jordan Yamamoto Uh, a starter? Is he did he make it to the postseason roster? (laughs) I don't I don't know. I don't think he's one of the starters. Um, so the starters ERA in that matchup was 491 for the Marlins, 517 for the Braves. Not so shocking. The bullpen ERA was 869 for the Marlins to the Braves 226. So, right. These numbers are somewhat skewed, right? The Braves score in the 29 runs. I mean, the Braves starters ERA of 517 is in no way indicative of what they are going to throw, at least in the first three games against the Marlins in the in the uh, playoffs. Yeah. And of course, the same could be said about the Marlins somewhat, too. Right. Those guys have matured. Sixto didn't come up until August. Um, you know. Yeah. 
sorry. They're bo- no, and the bull- no, but and you're right. And their bullpen numbers, we'll talk about this, tell a different story, right? I mean, they, they're way low in a lot of the bullpen numbers. But if you look at their core guys and what they did on the stretch, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the things that stand out to me in those regular season numbers are the Braves found a way in six of the ten, and that is not to be ignored in my mind, and that the bullpen numbers, at least on the Braves' side, they don't lie. You know, the Braves still have a a huge, I would say, um, advantage on the bullpen side. Um, so we move from a best-of-three wildcard series format to a best-of-five. Braves are the home team for the first two, right? It's a 2-2-1. Um, so ham with the need for more than three starters, you know, or the potential for, you know, of an additional one or two bullpen starts or whatever, do you have any predictions on how the 28 man roster may change between the wildcard series and this one? Um, I bet we don't, I bet Jacob Webb is not on the team and Bryce Wilson is maybe, I mean, I I feel like we got to find a way to get Bryce Wilson on there. Um, because I don't know where that fourth or fifth start is coming about. I don't want to. I don't want to step. I think your there is. I think it is no question that Bryce Wilson's on yeah. the. And on so, the- I mean, who? And so, who do you take off? Right. I don't think you take off. I think. I think you take off Grant Dayton and not Jacob Webb. Yeah, that's just the, you've that got a lot source. of lefties. He's the worst one out there. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's either one of those guys, right? Um, and I haven't really looked at, to be honest, the splits against, you know, Marlins righties versus lefties, but I don't know if that makes a difference. But, um, yeah, we need Bryce Wilson on the lineup. Other than that, I mean, I think offensively, I like what we have, but that's the one thing I would do. I don't, I, I don't think we need Newcomb. I don't think we need Tukey. No, I, and I don't think we'll see either of those guys, but I would put money on Waskari Noah. Yeah. Coming in too, just because like, if, so, well, we, you know, we're going to talk about who's going to start games four and five in a second, but I think that Enoa is a possibility. Um, and I don't think you touch the bullpen at that point. I think it's like Culberson or Camargo. I think those two guys are redundant. Um, I just, you know, I just don't think you need that many infielders for this five game series. So that's, that's my bet. I know, Kurt, you see anything different? No. Um, and I think the point about Culberson and Camargo is right. I would imagine it would be Camargo um, just because he has pop and can, you know, he's a switch hitter and has versatility. He's a, he's a good defensive player. So. You're saying that it would be Culberson to go and not. That's right. Well, especially yeah. since Snicker refuses to play Culberson. That, that's all. Hey, he pinch ran once. Okay. In the wild card series. Camargo didn't do anything. <laughs> I, th- I do think it's interesting, and we talked about this that he pit that he caught um, Darno that second game, um, which is sort of contrary to the Coxian tree of philosophy um, that you just put people out there based on what your book says to do or whatever it might be. And I mean, Snitker has played this very straightforward which is this is my best lineup and these are the guys that are going to play and you know darno did not have a great uh wild card series but he's obviously a better offensive player than than tyler flowers is and you know i mean you think back to like elimination games where 
Bobby Cox would start Kilvio Varis and, you know, the backup catcher that was uh, Greg Maddox's personal catcher as opposed to Javi Lopez, who would hit 45 home runs that year or something like that, you know. And um, so I think that's interesting that he went that way after we we figured that he would start Flowers because Darno had caught so many innings the day before. So Yeah, I mean, extra innings, right? Um, yeah, uh, Snicker was playing it aggressively, and I wonder if we will see – Darno for the first two games, you know, and then uh, Flowers catches on Thursday and maybe it's Darno again on Friday if it goes to four, you know, something like that. But it I would think it indicates we'll see more Darno than Flowers. Well, it certainly indicates he was playing to win against the right. Reds, right? You know, exactly. leaning in and not taking any chances. I, you know, we will probably get back to this on our our recap of the season show. Um I think, you know, we, we were worried about Snicker in this 60 game season and all of that. I think he, um, you know, he, there were obviously some game to game gaffes. I think he's done pretty well though, overall. I think he's adjusted to this weird season, um, nicely. Yeah. Right? There was the bad bullpen week there. I mean, for Snicker, but then he rebounded from that and started, you know, started utilizing those guys in a more sane fashion. I well, mean, and started mixing it up and started and, you know, did bring up, I mean, this is not necessarily Snicker. It may be more um, Anthopolis, but given those guys starts and like, you know, not going to Tomlin over and over and over and again. And I don't know, getting Wilson in there, getting right in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does start with Anthopolis for sure, but sure. So, Curtis, this weekend, Brian Snitker in a press conference left open the possibility that Freed would start game five on short rest, depending on, you know, how his first start went and just whatever was going on, you know, a lot of different factors. So play manager, Kurt, who's starting games four and games five for you? I think Bryce Wilson, uh, you guys sort of touched on that before. I think if they get to game four, that Bryce Wilson will probably get that start. Um one of his last good showings, um, his best showing, frankly, was that start he had against Miami um, back on the 22nd. Went five innings, three hits, only one base on ball and seven strikeouts. That was when he had that that fastball that was biting in on the, the right-handed hitters yeah. Yeah, yeah. inside of the plate and everything. And he looked great. So I would imagine that he will get game four. And I cannot imagine that if they get to the game five, that they will not bring Freed back on short rest. I can, I, I refuse to believe that, you or Tomlin or Matzik. Yeah. Somebody that they're going to, they're going to hand over the, even if it's just to have, I mean, it's an elimination game. Even if you only get two or three innings out of Freed, just to have some semblance of a start there. And then you can hand it over to Matzik or somebody like that, or you know if he's on this roster and try and cobble together something to get to the sixth or the seventh where you can then hand it over to the the depth of the bullpen. But I just can't imagine. I mean, and I, you know, I, I was looking up the the Marlins starting pitchers and their projections. And I mean, you know, they have the potential thought that their fifth, if they go to game five, that they're potentially starting a guy who's never started a major league game. This guy, Edward Cabrera, who is a very high uh, respected um, farmhand. You know, he's a top hundred uh, prospect in baseball, but I mean, really game five, you're going to hand that over to a kid who's never, and it might, 
you know, it might be one of those things where you catch lightning in a bottle, but I just don't think with this season, the way this season is sort of played out. Um, and the, frankly, that these guys have not had a lot of starts that you cannot bring uh, Freed back on, on short rest and at least try and grind two or three innings out of him. God, could you imagine being that thin with your starting pitching? Those poor suckers. <laughs> um, but Curtis, I, I totally agree, right? I mean, I think you've got to start Wilson start freed in game five and and approach them as true piggybacking starts right just get wilson through the lineup twice and then have tomlin or anoa ready to go and free depending on how much stress there is in game one have the you know who you know who you didn't use in game four ready to pick up those middle innings as well i mean i think that that's i think that gives us the best chance to win as opposed to starting anoa Game five or Tomlin game four or what have you. Mm. Amy, you see it any different? No. You th- no, I don't. I mean, I think Freed's got to be starting game five. Do you think if it's close in game one and Freed's dealing, um, you maybe pull him a little bit early to save him for a game five or you just ride him out and cross that no. later? I, I, can't I think you got to play to win that yeah. first game. And you never know. I mean, it might even end up being, and I mean, I, I don't, I obviously I'm not hoping for this, but you know, if Ian Anderson goes out there and only goes like an inning or two, because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have it in that start. You could potentially bring him back. If he only pitches an inning or two, obviously that's not the scenario that I want to play out, but there are options there. And I mean, you know, there's always faulty. <laughs> if only he were on the roster. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. I guess that's true. All right, guys. So let's jump in and look at the Marlins team and what they did in 2020. So, Kurt, let's start with you and the Marlins starting pitchers that we will likely see in this series. Well, obviously, Urania is out with a broken arm, um, which. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, that is a big blow to them, though, for real, for real. It is for real, was, for real. So sorry. He was not even that great this year. Um, he was 0 and 3 with a 540 ERA. So he did not have a great season this year. So maybe that's. Uh, right. He missed the start with COVID. Yeah. Addition um, by subtraction type of thing. Um, but the way it looks like it's going to break out is Alcantara will get game. I mean, this is what the the Miami beat writer was saying. It's Alcantara, then Pablo Lopez, then Sixto, maybe switch those two. And then they weren't super sure about four and five themselves. Maybe Trevor Rogers gets four. And then obviously they mentioned this Edward Cabrera kid five. But I would imagine if they get to game five, they're going to bring back one of their starters one short rest as well. Um, so these guys are these guys are good. I mean, they're they're legit. The, um, their numbers don't completely jump off the page at you. It's not any you know like six and zero with a low two ERA or something like that. But they're all really at least the top three are really solid. Um, and obviously, we saw a bunch of these guys. Alcantara actually we didn't see surprisingly, um, but he went three and two with a three ERA, one point one nine WHIP. Um, his career against the Braves, um, I guess this was when we've seen him, is, is he's 0 and 0 with a 241 ERA. He's only given up six runs in 18 innings pitch. But interestingly, any little advantage you want to look for, his ERA during the day is 540. And Wallach looks like he's going to be starting the, catching that game. His ERA with Wallach as his catcher is 556. Hey, now. So. 
Anything you can look for to give you a little bonus is always welcomed. Um, Those are some hard-hitting stats, Curtis. Yeah. Only yeah, here. I'm, Only here. I'm digging deep. Um, Lopez, of course, is the guy that was part of that 29-game uh, run game against the Braves. But other than that, if you take that away, um, he he had three outings against the Braves. The other two, 11 innings pitched, nine hits, only two earned runs. So he pitched pretty well against us, save that one start where he really couldn't find the the strike zone. And then Sixto is, of course, the, the guy they got from the Phillies in the Rio Muto trade. And he the first game against us, he certainly pretty much shut us down. Um, but the second game, we had better better luck against him. Three innings pitch, four runs on four hits in the second game. The first one was six inning pitch, only three hits. Um, so those are the three guys you figure you're going to face. Um, and I think that, um, you know, you look at stats with versus the Cubs, they're going to throw a lot of fastballs versus what the Reds were throwing at us. And the Braves are the, frankly, the best hitting fastball hitting team in majors. So, and the Cubs are one of the worst. The Cubs had a 195 batting average in pitches over 95 miles an hour, which they threw a ton of against them. So maybe they don't throw us that because we um, batted 309 against fastballs this year, which was number one in major league baseball. <laughs> and maybe they have a different game plan against us rather than just throwing us fastballs. But right. you got to like your, with our offense matched up against power pitching, you figure that's that's a that's a matchup that favors the Braves. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I saw so on the Braves against um, fastballs ninety five and above this year was two sixty batting average, four fifty three slugging percentage. But Kurt, you're right. I mean, if they surely they know all this, um, I would think they will not just pump fastballs up there. I mean, they'll get crushed. Yeah, Sixto. That one last point on he his sinker is 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 just like really big pitch, and the Braves are only three for nineteen against his sinker, which is a lot like Castillo's breaking ball that was dipping down in a way that was so frustrating to watch the Braves swing at balls a foot outside. But that's where Sixto works his magic as well. So the Braves have to be patient and not go fishing for that pitch a lot. Right. So Ham, let's look at their bullpen. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Mattingly always says that, uh, or has said a couple times that uh, he doesn't worry about his bullpen so much because his starters are so great. So, Curtis, you just mentioned, uh, you know, um, how good they were and how formidable they were. They um, they pitch a lot of innings, right? The Marlins um, were uh, the Marlins bullpen was was lower in the league, about middle of the pack in terms of innings this league. So they really relied on their starters. Um, to carry them. And so I, I read one preview of this and what's uh, of the postseason. And it said, what is every team's weakness? And it was the, for the Marlins, it was the bullpen um, because it's not great. Their, their bullpen is not great. So they're going to rely on their starters. So if you look at them as a team, they had the fifth highest ERA. So 5.50, second highest FIP at 5.65. Uh, they did not strike out a lot. They had the lowest strikeout rate, 18.1. Um, they struck out the fewest batters, um, second fewest batters in majors, uh, which is going to be nice for us since we struck out 170 times against the Reds. Um, fourth highest homers per nine rate. So they, um, they give up homers. They are not good. Having said that, they, they had with all of the COVID stuff, they actually had 27 people, um, 
make a relief appearance for them this year. They they really have five guys that they're going down to. So um, two vet or three veterans. They have Richard Blyer, James Hoyt, Brad Boxberger. Um, Boxberger is pretty good. Uh, he had a three point zero ERA. He's a veteran. He's thirty five. Uh, Hoyt is a strikeout guy. Uh, only you know they do not have a ton of strikeout guys on their team, like I said, but. Um, he had a 1.23 ERA, 20 strikeouts, and 14 and two thirds innings this year. Um, and Blyer was 2.63 and 15 and two thirds. Um, their main guys, though, are their closer, Brandon Kinsler, uh, who's, who's good. Um, he's not great, does not strike out a lot of guys. Um, he was two and three with 12 saves this year, a 2.22 ERA. Um, but their most talented guy, the guy I'm worried about facing is a guy, Yimi Garcia. Um, He's the real deal. He had a .6 ERA, uh, a .93 whip, did not allow a homer all season. Uh, those guys, the the bullpen overall pitched six and two-thirds against the Cubs and did not give up a run. So they're hittable. Um, I think if we can just make their starters throw a ton of pitches when we get to the bullpen, we will be effective against them. Yeah, so Kinsler in September had eight walks to seven strikeouts. Now, Yimmy, like I said, was two walks to 15 strikeouts. I mean, Yimmy is really quite good. But yeah. Kinsler, you can get to. <clears throat> yeah, He's, guys, the, he's there, Melanson. Sorry. Kinsler is. <laughs> Just like he makes you feel nervous when he's your right, closer. Right. Um, you know, look, we, we got through Bauer and Castillo. I know that Sixto is really good and Alcantara is really good. But we figured out a way to navigate through Bauer and Castillo. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, but I'm saying that we can deal with those starting pitchers and get to the bullpen. And they got five guys. I mean, beyond those five guys I listed, it it falls off pretty quickly. So, and with Urania being out, they had a, um, you know, there's somebody who may have to do one of those spot starts like Kurt, so that takes an arm out of the bullpen that they had. So they're thin. They're super duper thin. Uh, we will get to the bullpen in like game three on, you know, since they're back to back to back to back. If we can, you know, get to Alcantara and get to Lopez, this is, you know, a true advantage for us. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to the Marlins offense. So the Marlins this year were 21st in runs scored. The Braves were second. The Marlins scored 263. We had 348. Uh, batting average Marlins were 17th. In the majors to the Braves again at two, with at a two sixty eight. Uh, the Marlins OPS twenty third best in the league. The Braves were number one at eight thirty two. The Marlins were at seven oh three. The Marlins hit the twenty fifth most homers in the majors at sixty. The Braves were number two at one hundred and three. The Marlins did beat us here in strikeouts. The Marlins were tenth. Um, at 537, the Braves were the second biggest, you know, strikeout team at 573. Mm. Um, another interesting advantage, I think, is that the Marlins stole 51 bases uh, this year, uh, second most in the league. The Braves stole 23. And I went and looked at, at Darno and Flowers' caught stealing numbers, which I figured were going to be real bad for Flowers. I didn't think they were going to be this bad for Darno. So Darno had three caught stealing, 24 stolen bases. Yeesh. Flowers, two caught stealing, 15 stolen bases. Ooh, let's but talk about their offense. More, yeah. 
<laughs> except flowers. Yeah, except flowers. Um, <laughs> Let's change the subject. <laughs> you know, so look, the Marlins are going to run. Yeah, There's and no they're going to get on base. It. They're going to get on base too, right? I mean, I know their batting average is low, but uh, I mean, they're much better than the Reds. Right, who were historically bad. The Reds just try to hit everything out of the park or just miss on it. I mean, they're going to put balls in play. They're going to, you know, they're going to lay off some of that stuff that's going to be down in a way that the Reds just didn't lay off. So it's going to be harder, I think, you know, they're going to be, they will be base runners. Yeah. On the flip side, if they put balls in play, we have a great defense behind our pitchers, you know? Sure. Um, the only other thing I got here is the third baseman, Brian Anderson leads the Marlins in home runs at 11, right? So they're not, they're not knocking the ball out of the park. It is a small ball team. We got to get to their starting pitching. We just cannot get shut down by those guys and have them have Cy Young starts for the first three games. Yep. Well, look, there won't be the crazy shadows. I mean, you know, I know I've been sort of beating that drum. But I really do think the Braves' offense is going to look better without the that crazy sort of backdrop to the ball coming at them. Um, yeah, I mean, so, look, on paper, I don't know if you guys saw, somewhere on MLB.com, they did a position-by-position position comparison and who has the advantage. Yeah, I saw it. Not and a the lot only, of I think the only two advantages the Marlins had were at third base, and that was a slight advantage, and maybe short. Short, yeah. yeah. Everything and, else was advantage break. And Marte is out, right. probably. Probably. Got a broken finger. No, well, I mean, we're on paper, we are much, much better than them. But they are the... On the field, we're also much, much better than them. But they're the bottom feeders, the Cinderella story. What are they doing here? All of a sudden, they're a more interesting team, I think, nationally than the Braves are, which makes me a little nauseous and a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, look, I get the whole team of destiny getting through the you know, COVID issue that they created themselves, which somehow mm-hmm. doesn't get mentioned as it is recounted at this point. Um you know, getting through that and that whole bottom feeders thing. And, you know, no one thought we'd be here and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, we'll get to our predictions a little bit later. But I just think talent wins out here. And I think that they I think that the I think the Reds were more formidable than the Marlins. I really do. Despite the lack of offense, I think that pitching is going to be better than what we saw from those two red starters is going to be better than what we see against the Marlins. Not and to Eric, mention our familiarity with them, you know. And yeah. Eric Gregg is dead and cannot call a game five yes. with strikes a foot off the plate. And Levon Hernandez, I'm pretty sure, is not pitching. Pretty sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Next up is Shot in the Dark and our predictions for the series. But first, a quick break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Shot in the Dark are crazy predictions for the games coming up this week, but let's see how we did with the predictions for the red series and we'll start with our listener pick. So first up Colleen predicted that in game one, Bauer would not pitch past the fifth and Acuna and Ozuna would go deep. So not to be with Bauer's seven and two thirds gem and no homers for Acuna or Ozuna. Thanks Colleen for playing next up. BJ Barton predicted that brave starting pitchers, would have more innings pitched than the red starting pitchers and that Adam Duvall would haunt his former team with two homers. So Bauer seven and seven and two thirds Castillo five and a third for 13 freed seven and Anderson six also 13 Duvall did hit one homer, but not two. that final backbreaker in game two. So close BJ. Thanks for playing. Uh, Next up, Mark Thompson predicted that Markakis would hit a home run which I kind of felt was going to happen too, but not to be. Thanks for playing, Mark. David Carrier predicted that a Braves, the Braves would sweep and get two homers from Ozzy. So half right there, David. Thanks for playing. And last up, Roy predicted a Braves sweep and that the team would win both games by four-plus runs. Yeah, boy, game one. A nail-biter. Not helping there. All right, let's see how we did. So I predicted that Minter, Green, and Melanson would give up zero runs in the series. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow, I figured you would save that for last. I know. Seriously, you couldn't wait. I just wanted to drop it on you guys right now. Um, All right, so Ham, you predicted Acuna would homer in every game. Or neither. You were just off by two. Just off by two, yes. Uh, Curtis, you predicted Freed would strike out more and have less earned runs than Bauer did and get the win. So Bauer struck out 12 to Freed's five, tied and earned runs. And Minter, actually, which I don't think I even realized until I looked it up, got the win in game one. All right, guys, what do you have this week? It is, it is, uh, you know, DS, uh, edition. I will, I'll start. I've got that Alcantara and Sixto combined to give up six or more earned runs and neither see the sixth inning in their first, you know, in their first two starts. Their only two starts. Yeah. I mean, we could see, right. We could see one of them in game five, but I'm just talking about their first two games. Cam, how about you? Um, let me preface this by saying, I think freed and Anderson and Wright are going to do great. Uh, Freed and Anderson are going to do great, but I think Wright actually gives up fewer runs than Freed or Anderson. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's either going to be awesome or terrible. Let's go for awesome. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go for awesome. Let's go for awesome. I'm all for the awesome part. That's what it meant, I meant it to be. All right, Curtis, how about you? Uh, I feel like the Ozuna Duvall... Um, cushioned homers there at the end um, are really going to carry over. So I feel like we have an offensive breakout in this series, 12 or more extra base hits against the Marlins. I like it. I like it. All right, folks, remember you get to play too. 
Get your shot in the dark in before first pitch on Tuesday for the Marlins series. Send it in via Twitter. If we pick yours, we'll discuss it on next week's show, and you could win an ABT koozie if you hit it exactly. All right, so guys, the week ahead, well, we know it's against the Marlins. We know it'll be at least three games and no more than five. Uh, figure Freed Alcantara and Curtis. I I think I read a similar thing where they were like Lopez or Sixto. Not sure if I, I would think they throw Sixto in game two just to you know win early, right? I mean he's sure. better. Yeah. So figure Anderson Sixto. <clears throat> excuse me, Wright Lopez, and then who knows? Um. So Curtis, let's start with you. What's your prediction for this series? Braves in four. You want to break it down, how it goes? Um, Ham, contrary, not that I want Kyle Wright, but I, I think we win two, lose one, and then win game four. Because if they're throwing Trevor Rogers in game four, I'm all over that. I will take Bryce Wilson over Trevor Rogers any day of the week, and um, so we'll go with that. So, Curtis, I'll tell you, that is exactly my prediction. Win the first two, lose right start. And like clinching the East, Bryce Wilson starts game four and the Braves win. Ham, I mean, I know they win game three, obviously. Amazingly so. Like, no hitter. I'm changing my shot in the dark. Kyle Wright. Um, no. Uh, I think it's we win one, lose one, win the next two, and, and end it in four. I think we lose Anderson's start, but he does not get the loss. Okay. Because I think it'll All be right, Sixto. Because I, I, why would you throw Lopez instead of Sixto? So I think, I think it's one of those. It's like a game we had against the Reds where Anderson doesn't figure into the decision. Um, yeah. But we win <laughs> How the you series. Guys I mean, look, we're all predicting four games. I feel I mean, good. I feel, much, I feel much better about this series than the Red series. I, yes. I mean, no? yeah. It, yes, until. All of a sudden, until we realize how thin our starting pitching is. But yes, I mean, we're a better team than them. I feel good. And they, they're due to not win a postseason series. I just don't see them continuing that ridiculous streak where they've never lost a postseason series. And and we're just better than them. Exactly. We're better than them. And I do. I, I think the offense breaks out. I think that this team throw in a bunch of fastball. I know I've touched on this, but I do think it's important that – the Braves are getting to face a team that sort of lives off the fastball and lives off high velocity fastballs. And the Braves have feasted on that this year. I think that they're going to, they're going to have some games. The Braves are going to have some games where they're going to score quite a few runs. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's going to be these like zero, zero in the eighth nail biters, at least not, you know, all of them. All right, guys, that is the show. Uh, we will be back all week with uh, wrap ups each night of every division series game and uh, find the podcast at Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Google play and Spotify. Find us at Atlanta baseball Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL baseball talk and to like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening and go Braves. Thanks for listening to Atlanta baseball talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves to find new shows to post in our forum or to send a comment. Please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem is a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program. It ain't an easy road when you quit.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 